After drenching Taiwan with heavy rain Sunday, Typhoon Chen Thu has pulled away from the island. The Central Weather Bureau lifted the land warning earlier this evening, but with the occurrence of spring tide, residents in coastal areas are advised to be on the lookout for flooding. On Monday, central and southern regions should still brace for heavy rains due to the influence of southwesterly winds. As the storm center skirted the island's east coast, it left a trail of rain behind, with noticeably heavier downpours in northern Taiwan beginning Sunday noon. By 4 p.m., all three weather stations in New Taipei's Pingling recorded more than 160 millimeters of rainfall. The CWB says precipitation will persist into the night in the north. As usual, as Typhoon Chen Thu approached, members of the public went shopping to stock up on instant noodles and canned goods. But since mid-autumn festival is just around the corner, hypermarkets have been well stocked. Another thing that price-conscious shoppers worry about is produce prices. And sure enough, shoppers turned up early Sunday morning at wholesale markets to get their hands on vegetables before prices went up. Boxes of sponge gourd and eggplant were unloaded from a truck. It was not yet the break of dawn, but vendors were already here to pick up supply. Here at Taipei's Huanan Market, some price-conscious shoppers have also turned up, hoping to get their hands on vegetables before the typhoon drove up their prices. I usually avoid leafy greens. I bought some beans and broccoli, which can't keep for a while, so I don't have to worry about leaves rotting. Some vegetables are more expensive. Some have stayed the same. It's a good thing that the typhoon turned north and the impact on Taiwan is not that big. Vegetable vendors said the supply had been stable and prices at vegetable farms had only gone up slightly due to pre-typhoon buying. The wholesale prices at the Taipei Agricultural Products Marketing Company showed only a small rise. The average price of produce was $39.70 a kilo, a slight increase. The prices of leafy greens, which the public cared about the most, had not changed all that much. Here at a hypermarket, workers restocked the shelves with popular typhoon food products like instant noodles and canned goods. Just like at wholesale markets, hypermarkets saw a loss of customers on Sunday who came for their pre-typhoon shopping. The weather was pretty calm this morning, so we came out to pick up some things. I'm shopping this morning and will go home before noon. I'll be staying in this afternoon. It just happens to coincide with the mid-autumn festival, so basically we've already increased the inventory of our fresh products like vegetables, meat and seafood. There's 10% more than usual. Hypermarket management said since the typhoon arrived just ahead of the mid-autumn festival, there was plenty of food in stock, be it fresh food or instant noodles and canned goods, and that the public did not have to worry too much about food shortages. The Hanguang military exercises will be conducted starting tomorrow. The annual live-fire drills are held to test the nation's combat readiness in the event of an attack by China's People's Liberation Army. 
Meanwhile, Japan's ground self-defense force will also carry out joint military drills with the U.S. in the Kyushu region beginning Wednesday with China as the fictional enemy. With 100,000 soldiers to be mobilized, the military exercises will be the largest the GSDF has conducted in 28 years. To strengthen Japan's defensive capabilities in the face of China's maritime activities, the Ground Self-Defense Force announced that it will conduct large-scale military exercises in the Kyushu region, together with U.S. troops stationed in Japan. Five training courses will be covered in this year's maneuvers, including deployment preparedness, logistics and maintenance, and system communication. In addition to a total of 100,000 troops from the Japanese and the U.S. sides, 20,000 vehicles and 120 aircraft will be deployed, making it Japan's largest joint military drill in 28 years. The significance of the military exercises, according to military strategists, is to respond to China's increasing expansionism and to threats to the Taiwan Strait and the Nansei Islands in Japan's southwest. It is the first of its kind in 28 years and a rather rare and important military exercise. Meanwhile, Taiwan's Hanguang military exercises will be conducted starting Monday. This year, the drills are organized under the premise of a full assault from the People's Liberation Army. Live fire drills will be held in all the combat zones. Pan Green legislators believe Taiwan's exercises and the US Japan ones can complement each other. Taiwan's northeast coast, like Japan's Nansei Islands, forms a corner of defense with the Miyako Strait in the center. Both equally important military drills will be conducted at the same time and at the same important strategic location. Even the training subjects overlap. We also expect the Indo-Pacific region, along with Taiwan, to play a more important strategic role. As long as Taiwan is stabilized, so will the entire region stretching from the East China Sea to the Taiwan Strait and the South China Sea. Although Taiwan is not taking part in the U.S.-Japan joint military exercises, the three sides share the same objective, to counter a relentlessly expansionist and increasingly aggressive China. Let's go now to meet one young chef who's done exceptionally well during the pandemic. Chen Bo Rong is just 28, but he's been in hospitality for 12 years. When his business was young, finances were a real headache. But since he invented his signature dish, the restaurant has gone from strength to strength, and regular customers wanted to make sure that he got through the pandemic okay. The chef chooses chickens reared in smart farms. They're salted and simmer for a good eight hours to produce this golden broth. The signature chicken soup looks thick and hearty, yet tastes slight and refreshing. There are only 5,000 fugui chickens in Taiwan every year in the mountains of Datong Township, Yilan. 
So you don't often find this quality of oil and aroma. Just 28 years of age, Chef Chen Borong already has 12 years' experience in the kitchen. Soon after he founded his first business, the investors bailed, leaving him looking for more financial backing. With the business foundering, his utilities were cut off three times in one year. At the low point, he had just 24 NT dollars in the bank. You know, I'll remember that number forever. My wife said, we've got 24 NT in the account? And I said, yes. And she laughed, and I laughed. Okay, we said, we'll have to hang in there a bit longer. Chen's sunny outlook means he doesn't complain about the hard times. His landlord let him owe a few months' rent, and eventually he invented this chicken soup dish. This year, it won two stars at the AA Taste Awards, a seal of approval for his additive-free cuisine. It already has many dedicated fans. It has to be healthy and taste delicious. I think that's the basics for any chef. It's not that you have to do something complicated or super elaborate. I think when you go back to basics, the customer's health and satisfaction, those are the principles of good cooking. Everyone seemed scared I would shut down when the pandemic broke out. All my regular old customers said, I want to order chicken soup. We make high quality meals so the pandemic hasn't affected us too much. Chen is lucky many restaurants have suffered this year, but takeaway sales of chicken soup have proved very popular. He sold over a thousand portions in two months, easily riding out the ban on eating in. Taiwan reported three new domestic cases of COVID on Sunday, one of which is a restaurant worker in Taipei City. The other two cases were traced back to a preschool cluster in New Taipei City. One is a grandfather of a child from the cluster, and the other is a co-worker of the mother of the same child who lives in Taoyuan. Meanwhile, the eighth round of registrations for the AZ vaccine closed at noon on Sunday. This time around, only 62 percent or 710,000 people out of the 1.14 million eligible registered before the deadline. The nation's vaccine coverage, meanwhile, has reached 48 percent. When COVID broke out this May, working mothers felt the brunt of the impact. School closures and childcare demands fell hard on moms who reduced their work hours at higher rates than dads. Mothers were more likely to take up extra chores and to spend more time tackling online lessons with the kids. This dynamic is far from new. Activists say COVID has highlighted long-standing issues in Taiwan that make it a struggle to be a working woman. Here's our Sunday special report. Chen Yijing, a 37-year-old mother of two, works at the Industrial Technology Research Institute. When the level 3 COVID alert began in mid-May, her older daughter started online learning. Chen switched to working from home so that she could look after her child. I have to take care of the kids on the side, but my workload is just as high as before. Although my job isn't complicated technology-wise, I still need to be focused. 
Sometimes I think, well, right now it's work time, but I'm not doing my work. I wonder whether my professionalism is taking a toll because of this. Chen and her husband both work outside the home. Her husband's job is at Xinju Science Park. At the start of the outbreak, the couple had a long discussion over who would take time off to look after the kids. He said that it was their busiest time, so he couldn't take any days off. He couldn't even work from home. In some families, the grandparents are able to help look after the kids. But in others, the parents have no choice but to take leave when they need extra childcare. That leave is often unpaid. And in most cases, it's taken by women. More than half of the time, women are the ones who end up caregiving. There are several factors behind why child rearing ends up the woman's responsibility. First of all, traditional gender roles cast women as the superior nurturer and educator. For many people, it goes without saying that mom should be the one to take time off work. Teachers don't communicate as much with the fathers. They think the fathers are busier. So when teachers organize online courses, all the resources are sent to the mother. Double-income households in Taiwan rely heavily on daycares. I once conducted a field study on the great amount of emotional labor that goes into making kids do their homework and coordinating the parent-teacher-child relationship. During this pandemic, there's been no way to outsource that, so the burden of that emotional labor is back on the family. All that work is now on the parents. I say parents because it sounds better, but we all know that given the traditional gender roles, it ends up being work for mothers. But traditional gender roles aren't the only reason moms take leave to watch the kids. The gender pay gap is also a key factor. According to government data, women can earn an average hourly salary that's just 86% of what men earn. That statistic rings true for He Shihan, who gave up her career in a research institute to become a homemaker. Thinking back 10 years ago, she sighs when remembering her office environment. I think Taiwan's workplaces are not very women-friendly. My experience was that, with my professional certifications and my abilities, I was quite clearly more capable than my male peers. But that did not mean I was paid a higher salary. I was not in the position to speak with my supervisors and ask for a raise. They would have said, here's the chart for our department. You came to the company at this pay scale, and that's the way it's going to be. They did not care about what my capabilities were. Let's say a household has to decide on cutting a source of income for the family. People think that, since men earn more, it's better for the man to retain his job in the current job market. So women feel that they should sacrifice their careers. In principle, either parent can take COVID care leave, but women think that they should be the ones to take it and stay at home without a salary. Spending a long time outside of the workforce does have a negative impact on one's position in the labor market. For a multitude of reasons, many working women end up becoming their family's primary caregiver. According to government data, married women spend 4.41 hours every day doing household chores. That's three times more than the time spent by their husbands. I do all the household chores by myself. When he gets home, he doesn't really do any housework. 
It really is like the saying, the woman's place is the home and man's place is the world. I still try to support him because I understand that he is the main source of income for our family. He really does work very hard. Even when a woman yearns for a fulfilling career, societal pressures can force them inside the home. According to government statistics, the labor force participation rate for women is highest before the age of 30, when 90% of women work outside the home. But after 30, the rate gets lower and lower. Further complicating the situation is that once a woman leaves the labor market, re-entering it can be hard. 一旦离开职场之后，在台湾是这样子，你要重回劳动市场就非常非常的困难。Once she leaves the labor market, that is in Taiwan, going back is extremely difficult. In comparison with Japan and South Korea, women in Taiwan tend to have children later, and the labor market is very prejudiced against older workers. Even if a woman has a high level of education, she might end up only being able to work at a convenience store or other jobs like that. Chen washes rice as her daughter attends an online class. Chen married her husband at 30 and became a full-time mom for eight years. Before then, this U.S. educated talent was a project manager at Shinju Science Park. I had a master's degree from overseas. When I was starting out, my objective wasn't to be a full-time mother. I wanted to make my way in the workplace. I wanted my efforts to pay off, to slowly climb the ladder and move up the ranks. Now nearly 40, Chen is back in the workforce, this time as an administrative assistant. She says she appreciates the chance to work again and to explore roles beyond mother and wife. She says that professional fulfillment has always been something she wanted. Although I'm only an administrative assistant, at least I can add a line on my resume about what I'm doing now. I couldn't write stay-at-home mom in there. I want to switch it up, do something different. We only live once. I'm stepping out of my house and doing something that's just for me. It can be hard to balance work and family. That's a struggle many people experience today. Activists say the government and employers should try harder to understand and to support working parents. Take COVID family leave for example. Women's groups say that the government should offer fully paid leave to families as Norway does. For instance, in Norway, people who need family care leave during the pandemic can extend their leave and still get 100% of their pay. In Sweden, if schools or daycares close due to COVID and parents have to take time off to take care for their children, they can get 90% of their wages subsidized. It's paid for by their insurance. The government offers the leave and the pay. Though gender stereotypes are hard to change, there are ways to help women stay in the labor force. These ways include opening more public daycares and encouraging companies to run daycares of their own. What's the government's role in this? Public daycares with affordable prices and high-quality care are very hard to find, especially for children in the 0-2 to two age bracket. For kids that age, if you can't find a daycare and you don't have any other support, in Taiwan many parents get help from their own parents. 
If there's no help like that, you'll find that the only option is to quit your job. And once you leave the labor market, it's difficult to make your way back in. 在家里照顾孩子或者照顾家人这件事情，这段这段履历在职场上并不会被承认。Taking care of children and doing housework are not recognized as work by hiring managers. Many women who want to re-enter the workforce have low self-esteem, or they feel anxious, wondering if they can keep up in the workforce. They might think, "How am I going to justify this five-year gap?" Some employers can even be condescending, saying things like, "So, what have you been doing these past five years? Did you spend five years breastfeeding? Did you not study or work on self-improvement?" And so on. Some employers use derogatory language. For many women, the reality is that if they leave the workforce and then go back, they end up in lower-tier jobs than before. They might choose a job that's not a specialty occupation, a job with a lower entry threshold, a job that offers more flexibility. Work and family. These two commitments account for much of the time spent across a person's lifetime. For Taiwan's women, it's a struggle striking a balance between the two while also finding the time to rest. For Taiwan's government, the challenge is to help both parents participate in childbearing as well as the workforce. Amid the pandemic, this long-standing issue has never been more relevant.